Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with actor Dino Fesher and, oh, he's delightful, uh, and I know I say this for so many of the guests, but you are, you're in for a treat. Um, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm in for a treat every time my little Zoom screen pops open and there's another guest because I've not done one yet where they haven't been really bloody lovely. And, and, I, and I'm not lying. You know, if there was someone that just, well, I mean, you'd know. If there was somebody that come on and it wasn't a very good recording, you'd know. They've all been great. Everybody, what's wonderful with, with actors is, I guess a lot of the time, and, and Dino touched on this when we, we, we pressed stop as well, um, they don't generally get asked about music. And and so many people in the arts, you know, in, in acting and things like that, of course they love music, you know. It's it's you know it's a, a key part of the arts. And and so... Yeah, Dino, it's just really nice to talk about music. And and so, yeah, you're, you're in for a real real treat today. Um, before we get on with the chat, uh, a few thank yous. Uh, so thank you to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Um, thank you to 76 uh, for producing this. Thanks to Victoria uh, for putting this together. Uh, and, yeah, if this is your first time listening to Off The Beaten Track, um, and you're over here because you like hearing... Um, actors talking uh, at length about their creative journey and, and, and the music that's been important on that journey, then have a look in the um, back catalogue when you get to the end of today's uh, chat because you can hear me talking to uh, actor Mark Bonner, um, Maxine Peake, uh, Amanda Abington, Joe Hartley, Thomas Turgus, Michael Smiley. Um, gosh, who else have I had on? Um, loads and loads of actors so go go check out the uh, the back catalogue there and if you like you you're here because you like listening to you know people talking about music then i've had producers i've had djs I've bundles and bundles of musicians as diverse as fat boy slim foo fighters motley crew idols suede oh gosh go, go and get stuck in there's 350 episodes to have a rummage around in um however before you do any of that, strap yourself in and please enjoy today's episode of Off The Beaten Track Podcast with the wonderful Dino Fesher. Sorry, I've interrupted the podcast, but with good reason. Hotel Chocolat are our sponsors. You know that now because I tell you about it every episode. But they've been super kind now. And you may have heard me talking about the products from the cacao bar and there's gins, cream liqueurs, all sorts of wonderful chocolatey goodies. Um, and what they've done is they've set a page up on the website that you can go to. And all you've got to do 
It's just for you off the beaten track listeners. Go over there, answer a question, and you could win the full range delivered to your front door. I mean, that's kind of them. All you have to do is go to this place, hotelchocolat.com forward slash OTBT podcast. That's OTBT as in off the beaten track podcast. Hotelchocolat.com forward slash OTBT podcast. Go get your grubby little mitts on some deliciously chocolatey drinks, courtesy of our sponsors, Hotel Chocolat. I'll get back to the podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me, stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Dino, how are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Really lovely. I had a nice morning. I've been to yoga. Um, yeah, I'm great. So Feeling I'm zen. How are you? Feeling zen, yeah. Namaste. Lovely, lovely. Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. The sun's shining, which is always a nice start. Yeah. Um, and just to kind of... Just to sort of, before we get on a playlist, I just want to kind of get a, a snapshot, uh, as, as I do with all the guests, of the last kind of sort of 16, 17 months and, and how you found that both personally and, and creatively. It's certainly been a challenge. Like, there were loads of pitfalls, but I, I definitely I learned a lot from it. Like, um, at the beginning and then kind of at the peak of it, I really struggled just because everything stopped and creatively I felt quite kind of stifled and it was just even more uncertain than my chosen career path uh, is. So I, I did have some mental health kind of pitfalls, but then I actually leaned into just being more creative. So as you can see, my mic here, my wonderful voiceover agents were like, look, can you build the home studio? So I, I uh, baffled the inside of my cupboard and I've been using that as a voice studio for the whole of lockdown, which is amazing. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just was really creative, did lots of writing. I worked with a coach, working on speeches and scenes. And that really pulled me through in the time where there was very little to do. It's been, um, it was a journey. It's been really interesting. Like, I mean, this, this podcast took a complete U-turn during lockdown because like so many other people, we discovered Zoom, which, yeah. which changed it from being me trying to, you know, arrange a, a convenient time for guests to get to my studio in London. And all of a sudden, the, the kind of evolution of everybody finding out about Zoom meant that, yeah. oh, hang on, you can talk to anybody all over the world. This is, exactly. this is great. And it's not that inconvenient for people. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll just jump on my laptop for an hour. Um, yeah. and, and I really sort of, by, by speaking to all of these people, just hearing how so many people, whether they be actors, producers, DJs, musicians, how they've kind of looked at what they had at their disposal, you know, in lockdown. And it was like, right, I'm stripped of so many of the things that I'm so used to doing. What can I do with what I've got? And just seeing how them, like you say, you literally hiding in your wardrobe recording just to kind of keep that creativity going, which is, I'm sure you're, you know, you'll agree that, you know, when you are creative and you're throwing your headspace into that, it, it can be really, you know, good for the mental health as well, you know, to have focus and to have something that, you you know, you're really feeling positive about. Do, do you know what I'm saying? I, absolutely. For me, like, creativity was my saviour. Like, um, I, just, I, I just found at a time when I had no structure and nothing kind of to hang on to in the sense of, you know, uh, work that was coming up or or, you know, because everything was cancelled and pushed back, kind of creating my own work around that and developing my own creativity within that was just a saviour. It was a real lesson for me as well in that it's actually 
the act of being creative, uh, of of making, of playing, is what feeds like my soul and my being. So, just getting to like, I was just working on like Shakespeare monologues I haven't done before, scenes, new characters, uh, bits of writing, delving more into voiceover stuff, doing narration, and it was just it just it lifted me from a place where I, I felt quite bleak. Yeah. Um, so it's it a great lesson for me moving forward in general life as a human being and an artist as well in that because sometimes there can be such a big focus on um, the job. Yeah. It's like, what's the job going to be? Uh, uh, the trajectory, what you're doing, um, your kind of platform and stuff. But actually I've realized that the, the core of it, what makes me really happy is the work and the craft and the storytelling and that was just such a great lesson for me to kind of keep remembering to keep coming back to that and keep connecting with that because that's why I do it essentially. I don't, I don't, I didn't start doing this, you know, sometimes really tricky career because I want to be famous or for any kind of accolade, but because I just love telling stories and I love making, starting these kind of conversations and, 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 uh, and sparking things in humans that can affect change. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, Let's uh, let's start the playlist, and uh, okay. and then I'm going to ask you for track one to tell me yeah. the song that you think has the greatest ever intro, please. So for me, it's "Battle of Hell" by Meatloaf. Okay, epic, for sure. epic. So basically, my dad, um, when I was a kid, my parents divorced when I was very young, so he he'd always pick me up from um, he lived about 45 minutes, half an hour away from my mum in South Wales, so he picked me up and he'd always play that album. So I've just. I've always had an obsession with that album specifically. I do know some of Meatloaf's other stuff, but that album's just got a special place in my heart. I just love that song. It's so epic. It's like an opera. It's like this mammoth kind of build-up. I can just really see it. I can see, like, the the cavernous uh, valleys of hell and, like, the guitar and the fire. <laughs> it's just such a build-up to the song, which I really enjoy. I had um I had the musician Frank Turner on here uh last year and he 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 chose this as well. Oh, and, did he, he? and he said it was his go-to karaoke song and I thought no Jesus way. Christ that's uh, ambitious for karaoke. Ambitious. And you're up there for a long time as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> what would you do in the musical intros? Just have to like air guitar it out. Yeah, just just yeah, just just yeah, breathe in the crowd, enjoy it. Like, yeah. Um it's really weird that you say that you if you was to shut your eyes, I imagine this from what you said, you know, if you shut your eyes and you hear that song, does that take you back to being in a car in South Definitely. Wales? It's yeah. so mad that so many people's reference points for like songs when they were young were from their parents' cars. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. right? It is crazy. It was my first kind of, one of my first kind of points of reference for music. And I have such an eclectic, taste in music lots of people generally i kind of like more kind of pop stuff so it's usually quite surprising that i really love um this album and love meatloaf but yeah it's for my dad because he loved it yeah. he'd always play it so i very much associate with him associated with that like um it's the weekend time time to like have fun kind of vibe and yeah lovely i just love the epicness of that song as well it just like it takes you on a real journey absolutely it's it's completely over the top isn't it it's yeah. like everything's turned up to 11 it's like it, it's, <laughs> but then it also like falls back and has these really delicate moments yeah. and then like comes back in i just love that yeah it's uh it's it's it's, it's an epic tune from from an incredible album as well yeah um 
Well, let, let's stay in the, those those kind of early days, and I'm I'm going to ask you to tell me, please, for track two, the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. So this was a really hard one for me because I do I do connect quite emotionally with lots of music, but I was just thinking like the earliest from when I was like much younger, I was really obsessed with the film Cruel Intentions. Yeah. I think it was like a slight sexual awakening for me. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, the film was so like charged and I was just really connected to it and it, and I'd watch it over and over again. And that song would really like, I remember being like a preteen and it would really bring me to tears and like, I'd feel really kind of like dramatically moved by it. <laughs> just the violins. The dun, 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 dun. It, would, it was like stirs something in me. And so, so there's something. We're talking so, like, verve, right? Yeah, the verb. Yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, a and, and bittersweet symphony. Uh, yeah, oh, it's epic as well. There's an it epic is. theme building already here, Dino. Yeah, um, I'm just an epic kind of guy. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, 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 tell me about what it was like growing up in South Wales. It was great. Um, I had I, I lived um, with my mum for the most part in in more of the city in just outside of Cardiff. And then when I was old, I lived with my dad, which was a bit more in the country. Um, it's funny with Wales, like I only really gained proper perspective when I moved to London when I was older. Like, and I, I love London and the people are, are, are amazing, but there's just in Wales, there's just a warmth from day to day strangers. Like people, I, I forget, I go home now, people on the bus will just be like, oh yeah, like out of the blue. And in London, you'd be like, oh God, what's going to happen? You know, <laughs> but there's more of a sense of kind of open warmth. And, and yeah, obviously they were exactly the same. They're the kind of, you know, absolutely not so nice people, but it, it's, it feels like it just feels smaller. There's something kind of, um, Welsh people generally tend to really wear their hearts on their sleeves we're very kind of sensitive people. Um, it's very green. So now when I live in London, I always, I would need to live by like parks because if I'm not by like lots of greenery, I feel disconnected. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so weird you say that about, you know, people wear their heart on their sleeves and, and, and I'll be as bold as to say, I, I do think people in, in, in Wales and I also think the the further North you go, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm from, I'm from Essex, just outside London and, you know, spent loads of, my, my 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 life in London and and I don't find London to be a particularly friendly place. I yeah. think you know if if you're moving to London to meet new people, then I, yeah, I don't know. I think you'd probably find that it's a lot easier to do that in other places in the UK outside of London. I, I think yeah. Um, and and it's something that's also come up. Just sort of, I don't want to keep referencing lockdown, but the, one of the things that I did find that when you people were only allowed out for their sort of daily walk. And mm. and you would see somebody else on the other side of the road. You'd retract to that kind of thing that most people in London and Essex do only when they go on a holiday to the Lake District or Scotland or Wales. You start saying good morning to strangers, yeah. and it's like, and that was one of the real early positives I got from the awful situation we was in. If totally. I was walking my dog, or having a run, runners normally give each other a little kind of wave. Yeah. But this was just people on the other side of the road were like, hello, how are you finding it all? And it was like, this is lovely, you know. Yeah. The minute we're starved of that connection, like, we realise that we need it. And and as we come out of lockdown, it felt that certainly where I live, everybody just retracted back into their old yeah. self and we didn't continue that kind of let's look out for each other and let's, let's say hello to each other because it's, Definitely. it's so nice, isn't it, to to, mm-hmm. to have that and – 
and yeah, I, I, I totally get that. I, I, one of my favourite things to do is is to go to Brecon and, and swim in the the lakes and the rivers. And oh, really? Oh God, yeah. And and anywhere you go, it's just like everybody's friendly, and I like yeah. that. And uh, and I, I don't yeah. get that at work in in London. I certainly no. don't. I feel like I'm hating on London. I'm not. It's my hometown. <laughs> no, but, yeah, yeah. I want to be clear. I love London. I've been there for over ten years now. And I love yeah. it. But yeah, I really hear what you say. And what's what's really interesting for me about that is there's something about like Corona that we were all in in something together, mm. and it like really united us all as a people. And there was it's like you know if you're on the tube and something weird happens or it stops or there's some kind of an event, somehow I always notice people like eye contact is made and you're like, you chat or you're like smile at someone or, and it's suddenly we're able to have like a mini sense of like micro community, but it's a shame that's not like all the time, yeah. but I completely know what you mean with Corona. Cause I felt that too. People were just much more open and willing to engage. Definitely. Definitely. Well, to just go back to um, your song choice, uh, you went uh, a bit sweet symphony by the verve. Um, mm-hmm. If you was to pinpoint, what emotion it was that that you got from that? What would it have been? What I think is so wicked about the song is it's called Bittersweet Symphony, and, and for me that song is it's like this perfect blend medley of like kind of sad happiness. It's just like um, it's that feeling of something being really beautiful, but it's really tragic. And there's something in the violins of it, and the way um, it's sung that for me is 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 beautifully tragic and i guess in the story of the of the film as well when um brian philippe's character dies at the end some kind of connection to that that just maybe and i think as well just being a young pre-teenager going through probably puberty and <laughs> all of those things and it being like a, a connection to that and it's it's like a little time capsule as well yeah Oh. It's, uh, it's it's quite a euphoric sounding record as well. I don't know because I, I think whenever I think because the, the have you seen the music video? I have, yeah. And I think because that was you know I, I'm really old, so you know when that dropped in the mid nineties, I was kind of in, you know probably about twenty, uh, and I, and it was such an impactful video just seeing Richard Ashcroft just walking down the street and chest out like nothing yeah. nothing stopping his journey, and. And I find it quite a sort of empowering sounding record. Like that that's one that I don't know if you're like me, but anytime I've got headphones on when I'm on the tube or, or whatever, I'm in a music video in my own oh mind. Oh my god, that's exactly <laughs> what I do. Sometimes I catch people looking at me and I'm like, oh shit, I'm doing it. Because I get I get so into songs when I'm listening to them, I'm like I pretend I'm in the music video, I'm like doing like a dance. Like, and I think I'm doing it in my head, but like my hands go in. Or like the tube doors open and I'm imagining it's like it's like in time with the music. I, yeah, totally I get really, what I do. Yeah. Occasionally, like looking seriously into the middle distance, you know, as, as, as the music drops out. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wonderful. Um, and also, I say the lyrics of Bit of Sweet Symphony, it's just such a beautifully written song and it's so poignant. And it's about life and how life is kind of what it is. And it's this force that we don't have control over and it's beautiful, but then it goes in ways and it's out of our control. But there's something for me very much that it's about life is what it is and it's beautiful and it's shit, but we just have to accept it for what it is, which I think really speaks to me. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you, you're a fan of pop music and, and mm-hmm. you're talking about there, like, you know, the, the positives and the melancholy uh, that, that, that comes from that song. If you wake up then and you're having a day where you're feeling a bit blue, you know, a little low, what's, what's the procedure for you in regards to music? Do you... 
do you put something really upbeat on or are you happy to to listen to something more melancholy and and process that emotion and kind of enjoy the the, yeah, the sadness the, of music i'm the latter to that I, I won't kind of try to force myself out, out of an emotion if i'm in a place i'll go with it i'll accept it and i'll lean into it and sometimes i'll listen to music you know if i'm down that's kind of in line with that energetically and it and you know you might, i might have a cry or it's very cathartic it actually helps you kind of move through it the same if I'm upbeat, I'll put something upbeat and mega on and just like leap around my room. Like, I live like my, my um, bedroom window, like looks right out onto the neighbors, right out onto their garden. <laughs> the amount of times I've just been going wild, like dancing around, maybe in pants, like brilliant. And then I just see a bunch of kids staring at me. I'm like, ah, <laughs> that man across the way is dancing again, mum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in his pants again. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> well, let's stay in the formative years to track three, then. I'm going to ask you okay. please, to tell me the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. Okay. Overprotected Dark Child Remix by Britney Spears. Okay. So, as a, te- as a, as a, like, from like about 10 years old onwards, I was, and anyone, anyone who knows me knows this, I was obsessed with Britney Spears. Okay. She was like, I was just like completely taken with this person to the point where I had like, a giant poster on my wall surrounded by loads of smaller ones surrounded by cuttings out from like smash hits magazine. I was like, it was insane. I I, I can't really explain why, but I just had this obsession with her. I went to see her live loads. I was always like learning her dances, trying to learn her dances for music videos. So yeah, that song for me, um, just really resonates with my, my teens and, and, and that time. How, How was school? School was actually, school was good for me. Um, Is that in Wales? In Wales, yeah. I was like, I wasn't, I was by no means a cool kid, but I was, I was very kind of class clown. Um, people like me. Um, I, and I generally, I was quite good at school. I, I had a nice time. I had, I had my friends. I, I always describe myself. I was definitely like one of the in-betweeners. Yeah. I was kind of like <laughs> slightly in between, a little bit odd. Um, but yeah, I actually enjoyed school for the most part. Did you know what you wanted to be? Yeah. So ever since I was kind of, I got into acting when I was like in year three, so like seven or eight and I loved it. And that's what I always wanted to do. And that's why I just, I've always wanted to do my whole life up until when I was like a teenager around 15, um, through 18, I just became really awkward and I was confused about who I was as a person and I wasn't in my body and I just didn't suddenly just couldn't bear the thought of people paying attention to me or looking at me. So I kind of retracted from acting completely until I finished my A-levels and I just asked myself, what do I actually want to do? What actually makes me happy? And it, it was the only thing. So then I pursued it without having studied it for GCSE and I just did it myself and then got into drama school went about it that way yeah. almost was drama school in wales or in in london no i, I went to drama school in london i moved so to london. did it feel like well i guess i guess two two questions really on that um being you know being a lad from you know a, a place just outside of, of of cardiff in wales did it seem like being you know an actor was something that was that was possible you know was and and if so who was 
who was you know the, the kind of people that were inspiring you then that that, that made it like oh yeah, I can do that. They've done that. They're yeah. from like where I'm from. Like, and and did it feel important? I'm loading you up with questions here. And did it feel That's important okay. to to move to London to pursue that? Um, I would say it's weird. I've always just had, I think it's from my mum. My mum is such a wonderful hippie, like just believes in dreams and, and pursuing them and following your hearts. And she's, she's honestly incredible. Like, I owe so much to her. Whereas um, my dad and stepmom are so supportive. But when I was younger, they were, they were st- I think as most parents are, you're like, you know, okay, well, that's fun. Well, maybe you should do drama at university because then you could be a drama teacher. But, the, you know, there wasn't much. Sure. I didn't know anyone who went and did it. There, was, there were no actors or professional performers in my family. But... Um, yeah, I just had this feeling that's what I had to do. And I've always had a kind of deep down feeling. I kind of known that if I just give it my all, it will work out. Cause there've been, there've been times when I'm like, well, maybe I'll learn to be, I'll do this on the side as well. And there's no judgment on that. I, I do have other side bits as well, but like a proper side thing. But I was just like, I think I need to give this my full attention and my full energy and uh, for it to kind of live and grow. And, and, and it's really, well, so far, that's really worked for me, just that, that level of having a faith in it. And I'm, I'm really grateful for this kind of innate faith I have in it because I think it's taken me uh, very far. And I think it's actually really important um, for an actor because there's so much rejection. There's so much opportunity for doubt to seep in. And there were, and it does for me a lot, you know. But being able to, to kind of have a base level of being able to say no, keep going. And, I've just, and I know that I'll, I'll always just keep moving forward. And there were times when it's horrific and you might not work for like, I haven't, there was one point when I didn't work for nearly a year after a big job, which was confusing. And I think you need that kind of faith and um, belief that this is what I'm supposed to do has kept me going and moved me through that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're confident, kid. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Um, no. I wasn't a confident... I was confident with my friends, I'd say, in my friendship circles, but I wasn't confident... Um, especially as a teenager, I think I was quite confident as a, as a, like before up until around maybe 11 and then I was quite pulled back and bold with my pals, but not outside. And that was one of the reasons I kind of retracted and wanted to stop acting so much. And I think still to this day, I am a confident person with my friends and in situations, but, um, I, I I do feel like I can quite easily feel uncomfortable in certain situations. Yeah. And not want to be like, pow, spotlight. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I want to shy away from that. Um, what about imposter syndrome? Is, oh, do you ever, do you my ever best friend? With that? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's so, it's so interesting. I've, I've, I've asked so many guests this that, you know, I've asked, I, I asked one of the guys from the Foo Fighters. I was like, just, just out of interest, like when you're on stage, you know, in front of like a hundred thousand people, like, do you ever get imposter syndrome? It's like, yes. All the fucking time, uh, yeah. and I'm like, wow! Like, but yeah, so I'm always just intrigued how people's kind of relationship is is, yeah. is with that. Certainly in like you know acting and music and, and things yeah. that involve you know a lot of attention on you and 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 yeah. you know and being around other you know super famous people that you know yeah. that you've looked up to and things like that and have been you know totally. inspirational. Like, so so tell me about your relationship with that. Oh, well, it, first of all, it's so nice to hear that story because it's just a reminder that it's innate. And my boyfriend's a vet and he has it really bad as well. It's across, I think, every profession. Yeah. But, well, I mean, for example, now I'm doing a wonderful job at the National Theatre in a really big role on, on the Olivier stage. First two weeks, I was like, oh, they're going to find out any minute now. Someone's <laughs> going to go, sorry, we're so sorry. We've made a huge mistake. <laughs> you know, it's, well, it's always that and it's... Sometimes I berate myself, but actually I'm just, I think it's just a part of being a human being. Um, it can be quite exhausting. I've had it on every job, but there are some really lovely moments actually. Like it's never at the beginning of a job, but like, as I kind of get into it and you get your stride, there are these moments where I go, Oh no, I'm supposed to be here. But I'd say that's less <laughs> yeah. than imposter syndrome. Yeah. Okay. First song you remember buying from a record shop, please. Okay. First song. I can't remember which came first, but I remember my first... I know that first album I bought was Aqua. Okay. And I was in a service station on the way back from Germany because my mum's German, so we spend every summer in Germany. Okay. And then my first single was Say La Vie by Bewitched, which I was... I was in primary school, I remember, and I was obsessed with this song. <laughs> and I didn't understand the difference because I think I'd already had an album, right? So when I got the single... I went back to listen to it and then it was just one song and loads of remixes. And I must've been really young cause I, I got really confused and really upset and I was crying. Thought, <laughs> Where's all the other songs? <laughs> Where's all the, we've got, so my mum being my mum didn't know either. It took me back to Virgin Megastores to get the album. And then they had to explain that the album wasn't out. And I was just really confused and, and annoyed that I didn't have Bewitched album. What a cool sing. mum. How good's that? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm a massive fan of the song anymore, but it's definitely nostalgic, um, nostalgic tinglings. It's it's so weird, isn't it, that song? Like when you you look back and you just think, so they made this kind of super, you know, high-energy pop record with kind of 
Irish folk music blended <laughs> into it. And the marketing meeting, when they put that together, right, what else are we going to do with that? Oh, double denim. Everybody in yeah. double denim. Like, yeah. it was and, a a, bit, and a bit of French. <laughs> why not? Throw that in there. <laughs> yeah. Bizarre. Oh, brilliant. Okay, well, I'm going to move things forward a little bit uh, now. And I'm going to ask you, please, to tell me about the song that soundtrack your years clubbing, please, Dina. Sure. So this just highlights how much of my clubbing years were spent in gay clubs, because it was um, Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne, which I was obsessed with, which isn't really a clubbing song, I know, but I don't know why. I was just... It was like, every time it came on, I would, like, grab all my mates and drag them into the dance floor and just be jumping around. Everyone's always like, why do you like this song so much? I just... something. What, I don't even know why. It's super catchy, though, isn't it? It is super catchy. I think there's something about the attitude of it as well. I would yeah, like. it's got a little cocky. bit of swagger to it, isn't it? It's a bit like "fuck you, be with me." I don't know. And I kind of, I just like. So I really liked Avril Lavigne growing up as well, and I, I think I just really enjoyed that. It was quite a shift for her. I felt at that point of her career, she was always like, you know, the um, uh, Alanis Morissette vibe, kind of like I'm a grungy rocker. And then she kind of owned herself a bit and was like, it was a bit more poppy and it just is really punchy and yeah and really upbeat up tempo so yeah it's always and it's really fun to actually jump around in a club too when it's really loud absolutely and so these were these were gay clubs in london oh no in cardiff yeah the one gay club how how was that (laughs) yeah it was it was fun it was it was basically i came out when i was like 17 and then i moved to cardiff when i was like 18 19 and it was amazing because it was a time where I lived with other um, LGBTQ people who were like, who were a bit older than me, but really cool. Because my previous reference points were, well, no one really, because the only people, there was very, very, very few people on TV I could relate to. There was no one I could look up to. So suddenly I had these peers who I really respected and who were really lovely and kind and clever and talented in their fields. So it was such an awakening to, uh, and it was a real kind of the beginning of melting down, chipping away at that innate shame. I think most people, all um, you know, LGBTQ plus people have as a result of living in a heteronormative society. So yeah. it was the beginning of that kind of melting away and really discovering who I was and, and being proud of who I was as a person. Um, so yeah, it was really fun. I just like, you know, for, for two years, I think I went out every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, <laughs> probably in the midweek, just like, yeah. ah, because, you know, you spent so much of your teen years not really feeling like you connected with uh, all the kind of sixth form parties and stuff we went to, you know, everyone was like having, like getting romantic and stuff. And I was doing that with girls, but I just never felt it was always kind of, I was hiding something. So it was suddenly, I was able to be very free and it was a very liberating time for me. Oh, what an amazing, oh, what an amazing time to then find yourself in, in a, in a city, in a house with people that know exactly how you're feeling and exactly yeah. the experiences that you've, you, you know, you, you've gone through and you're going through. Like that must've been an amazing time. Yeah, it really, really was. Yeah. And I still have, I live with actually, my best mate from that time. Oh, so we're still wonderful. best mates. Which oh, is that's amazing. So yeah. And so did, uh, what, what about your relationship with like sort of, um, gay clubs in London? As, I mean, do you still go clubbing? 
You're a young man. Do you, know, <laughs> do you know what? I do every now and then. I prefer bars now. I just it sounds really lame, but I just I hate being hungover so much. <laughs> like because also when I'm hungover, I just I everything all bets are off. I will eat through everything. Yeah. I don't want to do anything, and I'm a very like gap and go kind of person. I want to be like right. I want to I want to um, exercise. I want to work on this. Um, I want to be ready for auditions. Like. And if I'm filming something, I want to feel kind of sparkling, clean-headed. So I don't go out as much, but when I do go out, it's instead of kind of like before, I think I'd just be like, just go out, just go out. Yeah. Now I'm much more for if it's worth it, like my mate's birthday or a festival. So I'm just more selective with when I'm going to be hanging. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think that's called growing up. I'll, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, or, or getting old. It's one or the other. I don't know. Yeah, maybe a combination. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take you home, uh, and I'm going to take ask you uh, for a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. My favourite song is uh, I Am Not a Robot by Marina and the Diamonds at the time, but now I think she's just Marina. I think it's just <laughs> Marina now, yeah. It's just Marina now, yeah. Um, I just, I think it's just such... First of all, I love her as an artist. I love that album, Family Jewels. Uh, loads of the tracks on there. Are You Satisfied? Hollywood. It's just such a different kind of sound. Like, very reminiscent of, like, Kate Bush, but, like, with a different edge. There's something about that song that's so delicate and lyrically poignant that I just, I, I just find, I find it so unique and transfixing. Yeah. I really love it. Yeah, it's a beautiful record. Yeah. Um, then I asked you earlier um, about confidence, and <laughs> you've chosen uh, a field of work which is famously, uh, as you said, you know, you have to learn how to deal with rejection because there's a lot yeah. of that in in in, in acting, and, and and most of the arts, you know, is is ridiculously yeah. competitive and, and difficult, certainly to achieve the the level of success that you, you've had already. Um, with that in mind confidence aside would you say you're driven oh yeah i would say i'm driven i pride myself on being driven i'm very i'm a real firm believer in because you see in in what i do in in acting you can say you can see it from the perspective of so much of it is out of your control because essentially planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. we're waiting around for people to give us jobs, sure. the casting directors to give us jobs. And because it's not necessarily a direct process, i.e. me going to the gym, me working on these monologues uh, at home for no reason, 
me doing imaginative work or whatever with my coach for no reason, because that's not necessarily directly impactful on the job. I, I think it can evade some people and people will want to do more direct things but I find I'm very driven to always be the best version of myself. One of my really good friends, Indira Varma, a wonderful actress, she she gave me that advice when we did a job once. Just be the you have to be the best version of yourself because there's only one of me, and and whenever I go for an audition, that's such a great thing because no one will ever be me. But I always want to be the best version of myself because then I can come away from auditions going that that's always my goal now with auditions. I come away and I go I want to go that was fucking, that was so much fun and I wouldn't have done it any other way. Because that way, it's like, I've given everything. I know I worked hard. Um, I drove myself to the point of, of being prepared and not just in terms of the lines and the character, but everything else I was just discussing, like just mentally, energetically, uh, all the other work I've been doing uh, beforehand that leads into it and it helps build confidence and so I can feel proud of myself and know that I've brought everything to it as opposed to in the past. And it's been a journey, you know, from when I graduated drama school eight years ago of, of perhaps thinking I was working hard, but it just being like a matter of, okay, well, I've got an audition, work hard on the audition and then waiting for the phone to ring. So it's been, it's been a journey of, of figuring out how and what I need to do in order to make myself the best version. And that's been really interesting because it's not necessarily obvious and there isn't one, there isn't a rule book. There isn't one way. I think it's really important for actors to figure out that way, but I just, I just really enjoy, I'm very much a doer. (laughs) I love, I love working out. I love um, having a bit of a plan. I'm not naturally organized, but making myself a bit more naturally organized towards doing stuff just makes me have such a more peaceful um, frame of mind and uh, generally a, a much happier person when I know I'm doing stuff. Do you think, do you get that drive from either of your parents? So I grew up in a pub in um, Lanta Major in South Wales. And at the time I was livid about it, but now I'm so grateful because my dad, from when I was 12, 13, I was a glass collector. He's like, it's a family business. He'd pay me, but I would have to do shifts. And then... Um, I got into that. Then I was kind of a dishwasher and had lots of different jobs, but I started to make my own money. And there was something in learning the value of that. And it's just given me a really strong work ethic. That's great. So I'm really grateful for that. And everything I kind of do, be it like, uh, you know, this job at the national or, um, a kind of role play job. I really, I apply myself, uh, fully. And I think that's come from always, uh, working from quite a young age and respecting the value of good work. And I think as well, like, you know, uh, being a glass, I mean, I, I, I run nightclubs as well and, oh, and, and I've always kind of worked in, in them environments. And I think, you know, being young and being a glass collector in a pub, like the, the, you know, the, the kind of life skills you get from sort of meeting people and socializing, yeah. uh, you know, at a young age, they're real important skills. Oh my God, totally, totally. I, well, cause so my, my dad and stepmom owned it. I would come home from school. There's this guy called Vod who worked at the college on the corner. He had a massive beard. Um, he was always there with a pint, uh, but he was like a physicist. So I'd sit with him and do my chemistry and physics homework. I knew all the bar staff. I'd come down and chat and they were obviously I was like 12, 13 and they were all like 19. So they yeah. were super cool. So yeah, I think you're so right. It taught me so. It taught me so much about being social, about um, 
just different kinds of people, yeah. how to kind of be in different situations, which I think essentially was re- it's really useful for what I do in terms of reading people and knowing how to. 100%. Yeah. Last track. Dino, you get to play DJ now, and, uh, and, and for that I'm going to ask you to tell me a song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear, please. Okay. So this is quite, I think this is quite a curveball for most people. It's a really, it, it fell into my lap through a friend who's a violinist, and it's just this song that I don't know why, but it, I think it's something about strings do something to me. Um, but it's called Attaboy, and it's the Goat Rodeo Sessions, and it's, a, it's basically a bunch of really famous string musicians. And it sounds very Celtic, but it's a, it's a, and I actually, I used this for, a, in my third year of drama school, we, we made, we devised a play, we wrote a play. And this was at the core of my character. I used it very much. And I think that's why it's kind of so deeply rooted in me, but there's just something about it that's so beautiful. And there's this one point, it's like a minute and something in, you'll hear it, where the violin, the, this violin hits some, this note. And it's for me, it's just, it's that sound is, it, it it brings me to tears yeah. every time I hear it. And I've never experienced that with the sound. Like with it, you know, it's usually with a a lyric or a combination of uh, of moving pictures and music or, you know, through story, which really connects with me. But having just a sound, like a note of a music instrument, bring me to tears was something quite profound. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just think it's a beautiful piece of music that really takes you on a journey it really takes you on a whole journey uh, through it, and I think it's stunning. So, yeah, it's, it's got no lyrics. It's, it's all music, but I love it. Well, well Danny, you totally sold that uh, to uh, to our listeners, and, and, and listeners can go and check that and, and all the other tracks that you've, you've picked today because we do a Spotify playlist to accompany this podcast oh, so people can go and get, get stuck in. So, Dino, as we, as we look towards the... You know the, the the final few months of 2021, and and, and looking at them as a, a far more happy and connected and positive place uh-huh. than than maybe the first part of this year uh, and and the year previous to that. What are you looking forward to um, personally from the rest of this year, and what's going to be happening professionally? Professionally, I'm doing this play until I'm doing. I'm in a play called The Normal Heart at the National Theatre, which I am loving. And it's just been such a dream job. So um, you should come along if you're able to. Honestly, I'm so, I'm so proud of it. I'm doing that till November 6th. And then thereafter, I'm waiting to hear on a few things. But hopefully, um, it, they will go my way. Um, but yeah, it's still, still unknown at the minute. But um, a few things in the pipeline in terms of the rest of this year. Um, personally... Um, Personally, I just really want to take the lessons I've kind of learned from this weird time, which is that essentially, because I can be quite, as as might have been made clear in terms of this chat, I can be quite, I'm very kind of involved in what I do. And sometimes the downside of that is I can put lots of my self-worth into what I do. So when I'm not doing it, sometimes I can feel less and it can be a real problem. Whereas what I think I've really learnt over this time is that um, we are so much more than what we do. Um, And it's like a a huge part of me, of course, and I relish it and cherish it. But it's important for me to make that separation and and remember um, that, I mean, this is deep, but (laughs) remember that, um, you know, I'm loved um, and uh, have so many amazing things in my life. 
and just holding on to that idea moving forward um that's actually what gives me kind of freedom and and brings me joy and actually makes me much better at my job it's a much healthier place to be so that's how i want to be moving forward um into the end of this year and yeah Oh, that's a beautiful way to finish this this, this podcast. Then I'm not going to add a lot more to that because that was that was wonderful. Um, it's been an absolute joy talking records with you today. I really really appreciate your time. My absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. This was really fun. Like of all the press I've done, this is like so much fun. I've never got to do anything like this. Talk about music. So wonderful. Thank you, Dino. Thanks, Steve. There you go. Told you, Dino was adorable. Lovely. What a wonderful chat. Um, yeah, uh, it was just, it's just nice, man. I just like sitting down with people I've never met before and going, tell me all about these records and tell me about your life. I want to know more about it. Okay, how did you end up there? You know, it's it's a really simple format, this podcast, as I'm sure you're aware. Um, and I love it because everybody answers with a different answer and you just get a snapshot into these beautiful people's lives. And, uh, and I hope you get, you know, uh, a fraction of the joy that I get from from having these, and then you're still having a very bloody good time because I love doing this. Um, like I mentioned at the beginning, go check out the back catalogue if you haven't. 350 episodes with um, actors, musicians, comedians, DJs, producers. Go have a rummage because you'll recognise loads of them, and uh, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. So many of them natters. Um, better still, subscribe, then you won't miss anything. Try and put out a fair few of these each week. Uh, so it's always entertainment popping up on your listening device if you subscribe. We're on all the socials, so give us a follow. If you just put in Off The Beat and Track podcast, I'm sure it'll pop up on all the usual places. Um, yeah, thanks again, and I'm back next time. In the meantime, be excellent to each other. I love you lots. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with it. Eat it,